Okay, we have our first guests have arrived in the studio this morning, uh, and uh, great to welcome uh, Ruth and Owen O'Hagan. Uh, good morning, folks. Uh, and good morning, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Ladies and gentlemen. gentlemen. Yes. Blessed am I amongst the men this Indeed morning. You are. <laughs> In what reverse. The, Ruth, what does it feel like? It's a joy. A joy. Because you see, the Keep men... Keep it within the bounds of a reason. <laughs> I think she's cutting you, John. <laughs> it's a joy, especially when, when, when uh, the lady in question, namely myself, is amongst such salubrious company. Oh, God, she's laying it on thick and heavy. August, August. August. In February. Highly admired, <laughs> you know. Listen, you're here this morning to talk about an upcoming uh, exhibition which will take place in the library in Scariff, uh, launching next Thursday. Next Thursday, Thursday the 16th, Interwoven uh, is a visual celebration of our connection with the Irish Boglands, organised by Ian Kelly and Natalie Albaba, who John S. Kelly will know very well. Yeah, Ian, we've Ian met. Ian your son. <laughs> yes. And yes. That's your daughter-in-law. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's going to be a multi-sensory exhibition in Scarf Library, organised uh, with supported by Claire Arts and Siobhan Mulcahy in particular. And uh, I would like to thank um, Emer, the head librarian in Scarf as well, because they're a great support as well. But the Arts uh, Office in Clare County Council, without them, uh, there'd be no exhibitions in the library. Okay, the, and I suppose you know the Irish Boglands. We're we're well connected in East Clare route. With the Irish Boglands. Indeed we are. Um, traditionally going yeah. back generations. Absolutely. And as Ian Kelly said to me yesterday evening, you know, our relationship to the bogs is, you know, 5,000 years really since human human engagement, you know, from pagan worship right through to working with the bog as um, as an ecosystem to provi- provide protection, fuel and, and uh, warmth and heat and cooking and all those things. And over the years, the kind of the ritual of how we engage with the bog and with the living ecosystem has been very traditionally, I suppose, associated with rural life. Mm-hmm. And from Ian Kelly's perspective, he I was talking to him last night. I said I'd, I'd be really interested in, you know, I, I know we're representing uh, what's happening here, you know, f- on behalf of, of, of Natalie and Ian and Shane. Owen and I are representing it. So I said, Ian, you know, what's, what's, the, what's the motivation creatively for you guys? And, and for Ian, it's very much about bringing that aliveness, that community engagement that's really begun to kind of come back now where the community regeneration projects are at the fore. People's voice around what happens next is what's really important for Ian and Natalie. And I know from Owen and myself, I mean, we've got two couples and then we have a structural engineer photographer. So um, my piece is very minor, but, you know, in that in terms of that kind of representational aspect of synergy, the coming together, the collaboration. So the, the bog, the bog land is, you know, a living, breathing ecosystem. And we, the humans, are now in synergy. So Ian and Nat, Owen and I, and then Shane with the with with his structural piece on it as well. So we're very, you know, we're very delighted. It happened kind of very organically and synchronistically to mm. use Ian's word. So the creative process, of course, is a very synchronistic event. And if we're in the flow of anything, everything just arrives. Yes. Okay. So tell us on what will you know, break it down for us. What will we see uh, when we go to the library uh, from next Thursday on? 
Well, uh, for people who don't know, Ian is a bog oak and bog pine sculptor and he's got some uh, gorgeous pieces he's bringing to display uh, in the exhibition. Uh, Natalie has got some of her amazing art, which he normally does as well, and this is all uh, structured around around the bog as well and, and with the focus of the bog. Uh, Shane is a photographer. He's he's based in the Midlands, so a lot of his um, work has been in the Midland bogs and and how uh, Bordenamona's withdrawal from them has led to the rewilding and rewetting of some of them. So that's some of his photographic uh, story there. Uh, mine is uh, John S. will remember the first day we went to Cool Ray Bog to watch You introduced John S. to the bog. I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it might have been the other way around. <laughs> no, no, well, I've been in many to bog, thanks very yeah. much. Just because <laughs> from Dublin doesn't mean there's no bogs around. Like, Absolutely. You know? But uh, it must be if landowners, as Jim says all the time, yeah. <laughs> but uh, my, my piece uh, is uh, I was witness to uh, some of the dying art of uh, turf cutting by JJ Tobin from Fecal and uh, I got a different perspective on it because I brought uh, a camera that I could slide it on the ground and also the drone camera as well and got some amazing uh, images and a different perspective of the bog that people would normally get and uh, to see JJ Tobin, who was a master at cutting turf by hand, because that's what he used. He used the breast slon and uh, the wing slon and his, uh, his pitchfork and spade and the wheelbarrow that was all gifted to him by his father, left down, passed down from generation to generation. To see these tools in action in the hands of a master are something special to see. And uh, while I took a lot of photographs and video, myself and Ruth collaborated as we do, the dream team. And we put it together and made a short... We love short ourselves, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> we made a short video that uh, Ruth uh, recited uh, one of Ireland's uh, most famous poets uh, as part of the soundtrack of it. Uh, we're allowed to say, aren't we, who it is? Yeah, Seamus Heaney, the famous Boglands. Boglands, yes. his, yeah. his, po- his amazing poem. And the images with the phrasing in, in, the, in the poetry, um, the, the synchronicity of it is amazing as well and it works really well and... We're proud of it, and I think that the the visitors to the art exhibition will be delighted to see it as well, and will enjoy it. You know, because it, it's it's showing part of our heritage and history with uh, global warming and uh, requests by governments to cease turf cutting. It may be lost soon enough. So yeah. this is a way of remembering it and keeping keeping it alive. Keeping yeah. the voice, I suppose. The piece that we did, um, like. You know, Owen Owen has pictures. Ian and Natalie have their art, and and Shane has his pictures. But then the video piece with uh, Seamus Heaney's words, because Seamus Heaney's words are, are, of course, you know, structured in such a profound and simple way, very representative of of the nature of bog. Do you know? So what we were trying to do was create that aliveness, that spoken aliveness, because everything else is static. You know, you're going to have your art, you're going to have your sculpture. And then we just wanted to give voice. We literally, I suppose, as, as Seamus Heaney says, you know, when the elk was lifted out of the bog, it's just like lifting that bog voice, that ancientness. Yes. Do you know, like we, we, we back in the 16, 1700s, we stored things in the bog. There's been lots and lots of stories about, you know, the, 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 the bog man and, you know, all the things that come out of the bog. So we're just trying to represent that, that aliveness and that lyricism of the bog, which, you know, as Seamus Heaney would say, 
could be Atlantic seepage, the relationship yeah. between the rivers, the lakes, and the sea. Synergy again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dee, I'm just thinking, just thinking the, a number of different things, I suppose, but you alluded to it there in, in your first contribution, the, the community nature of, of the bog. And, I mean, I certainly, you're too young to remember, Ruth, but... Oh, no, uh, I spent some time at <laughs> the Brog. It's part of everybody's duty at some stage. But but I remember in, in we'll say, going back to the 50s and 60s, where the neighbours kind of went off to the bog almost as a troop. Now, each one was, was cutting his own turf, but they were all going together and, and they would help one another out. They would help load the turf and that kind of thing. Was it a festive atmosphere? I wouldn't know. It wasn't a festive atmosphere. It was seen as toil. It was. It was tough work. Yeah, no, there, there's. You know, it was. I mean, you know, and it's. It. It certainly was tough work. And anybody who goes to the bog and spends a day in the bog, it's not the most pleasant place. Between the hard work, the back breaking, the 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 midges. And uh, and and they can be frightful. Oh, the food, but Jim, the food I, I, I t- never to. tastes so good, though. We never the know. The savages at the bog. He must have went with a positive I, attitude. Absolutely. Jim. You, as a, a teacher of young kids, would have asked. I'm sure you would have asked them uh, to write a little ashta, a little uh, essay, composition, a composition. Mm. Yeah, la safarta. Mm. Okay. We all, even if we came from South Dublin, uh, and or North Dublin, and mm. North and North Dublin, uh, a man who found the bog eventually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the bog within. Look, you don't have GPS in my car. But Ruth mentioned the word toil, and yes. and, and it was tough work, yeah. well, even though it was it was community and. Wait. John, the nostalgia is oozing out of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, well, clearly, you spent well, many a day's toil in the bog. Well, I tell you, one of the contributors to the exhibition is Martin Mason, who Indeed. you both know, and he made the job in the bog a lot easier for a lot of people because uh, his mechanism of the, the bog harvesting process um, is a major contributor to this exhibition as well and to the video that's, that, that we made but uh, his role was to shorten the time that people spent there um, to take the pain out of it a lot of it because it, the, a lot of the hand cutting was gone but all you have to do now is actually uh, size the turf turn the turf and foot the turf and then collect it and so there's one less job to be done hmm. and if you wanted I'm sure he'd bring a trailer and load it up for you and bring it back to your shed as well of course he would <laughs> <laughs> now, now you say that I don't know the bog but when I was a child we used to get a, a truck load of turf every year from the Midlands up to our house at the back of the airport and it was uh, our job to load it into the shed and not just load it stack it in properly piece by piece sod by sod and uh, fingers and nails ripped off and what do you call that uh, that construction hard feckin labour that's what it was <laughs> <laughs> no I mean it, my father God be good to him showed me how to do it yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's called fioring 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 was, was the word yeah. well we did that yeah. yeah, where you where you build a wall, yeah. uh, so the the turf won't all fall down yeah. top exactly. of you, and you you'll store a lot more. And yeah. it yeah. saves it getting broken as well because the damage was all just piled the top of each other. But uh, then when I was uh, older, we used to go down to my cousin's farm in Kildare, and they lived beside Kilberry Bog, which was a board Namona Bog, and my cousins used to go out and collect the turf every year and get paid by board Namona to do it. So I spent a, the odd couple of day out there, a couple of days. But then uh, this photo essay in two thousand and seventeen just gave me a taste of what 
the bog was like for families. And I witnessed the Costellos from up in the Norbury line, up in Capaban, yes. as a family footing their turf. They're in it. And I gave them a hand. Uh, and I, I You mean you shook their hand? No, I, <laughs> I helped put the turf as well. Oh, a this of slagging is on now. But, uh, but it was just, it was amazing just to witness this this activity that is part of, of rural Irish life mm. that is going to be forgotten if the bogs are if you're banned from cutting turf in the bogs. And we remember the re re up in, I was ruled a bully up in Port Tumna direction when the, yes. the instructions oh, yeah. came to stop cutting. So on, on, the blanket, on the on the the deep bogs, yeah. 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 You mentioned you, the you mentioned bogs. hand. They're mm. giving a hand. Mm. You'll have the opportunity. Everybody who comes along to the opening will have the opportunity of shaking the hand that took that took the body out of the bog yeah. about twenty years ago. Mm. He's coming to. Eamon Kelly. Eamon Kelly. Eamon Kelly, Kelly yeah. is opening the what, exhibition. What, what do you he, know about him? Martin? He's a former archaeologist for the Museum of Ireland and um, he was the acting keeper of art industry and the acting director as well. He's coming and uh, Ian and Natalie are delighted that Eamon agreed to come because he's an expert on bogs. He's an expert on bog bodies and, and the history of the bogs and and, and what uh, has been taken from bogs and brought to the National Museum as well. So yeah. I'm sure he's... he's jumping with joy to be coming to this exhibition because there's not I don't think it's been done before mm-hmm. in to the extent that we're doing this this joint uh, multi-sensory exhibition and um, we're delighted well unfortunately myself and Ruth can't be there because unfortunately both in uh, Dublin as a oh. freelance I have to go when the work calls and we can't oh, be there on oh. Thursday but uh, I know that uh, Ian, Natalie and Shane will be there and uh, we'll be well represented with this uh, piece of video that uh, is definitely going to enthrall people as well as the prints there's a half dozen prints I've made one of which is the Dooley family from Mount Shannon up in Bowhatch footing their turf with the spectacular view of Inish Caltra and Loch Derg on a summer's day behind. is that video? No, no. That's, well it's on the video as well there is a print a photograph of it there's sort of six prints yeah but my favourite is the one what's the name what's the gentleman that's in the whole phone J.J. Uh, Tobin J.J. Tobin and his beautiful own captured a, a top down photograph of the act of the process and, and what was around it right into the middle of the bog um, which is one of my favourite pictures of all time really it just captures a human moment a human engagement the random that, symmetry and the random symmetry of it and you see I suppose when you're looking phot- photographically so take on for example Owen, you know, Owen has always been a very kind of visual storyteller. Every every picture must, you know, hold a story in it that is up to you, the, the person engaging with the picture, for you to pick up those parts for yourself, Do you know. And then when you take Shane, Shane Heinen's uh, Bogland pictures, they're very structural because he's a structural engineer by trade and he takes the ar- maybe the architectural piece. So you've got these amazing uh, viewpoints and then, you know, with Ian's sculpture, with Natalie's art, and then with the voice bringing the aliveness. So really and truly, I suppose the only thing we're missing is the open fire and well, the smell of the turf. Well, yes. well, we will, excuse me, because we will help, because I know that Ian is arranging for uh, several t- sods of turf to be there, so people can actually foot turf oh, fantastic. live in the library of Well, Star. now. Yes. Good Look stuff. at that. And I suppose the thing is, you know, no matter who we are, no matter where we live in, in this country, we're not that many generations no. away from from connection with the bogs. Absolutely. And when 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 my parents after my parents died and 
um, we were, you know, going through probate and stuff like that. And, you know, you, it's interesting how, you know, different parts of land and different things come up and maps and things like that. But one of the interesting parts was that with with the McMahon's land, with our land up in Clonusker, my father's people's land, um, there's there's a bog. But there was a bog, a bog that that our generation, you know, we had a vague understanding. It was somewhere up there in the hill. Yeah. But of course, you know, as these things naturally do, people arrive and tell you exactly where the bog is, yes. you know, and the bog had to, to then be factored in to everything else because of course it was there in the background but it's it's a part of the probate so yes. it had to be legally I, factored I, in I want to tell a story about John Nash from Bedike yes. who I spent a couple of days with over in, in Cool Ray Bog he told me the story that uh, there used to be this guy he'd go around and he'd lift turf off people's uh, footings and uh, he would sell them himself uh, pretending that it was his turf that he'd cut and footed and saved and, and, and uh, collected and uh, a certain individual said they booby-trapped the turf on them and they planted, when they cut it, they left a few very exposed ones planted with shotgun carriages in it. And uh, it was known uh, whose house had bought the stolen turf and they see their chimney pot blown off. Yes. <laughs> it's a great story. Oh. It is a great and I've, I've heard that story yeah, before. Yeah, that'd yes. be great. It's yeah. a, r- a rural legend, not an urban <laughs> one. Could, could, I, could I have a, a question? You could, of course. Different things in our community, irrespective of where, in fact, our community is, you know, okay, uh, draws into the story of bogs. It impacts on music mm-hmm. and poetry, isn't that, isn't that, that right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now that the cutting is probably moving towards a cease, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Somewhere down and on the next 10 years, 15 years, there probably will be significant, I'd say, uh, challenges to determine what way the bog is going to continue well, we've already to impact seen that. on our culture. We've seen up at Borden Amona who they're, they're re-wetting and rewilding the bogs as well. And what exactly is that? Owen? Well, it means letting the water back in because like, to, 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 to harvest the bog uh, commercially, they needed to drain the water and that's why they dug these big ditches and, the, and a lot of the rivers in the middle of Ireland are full of bog, brown from bog water. As we saw coming out of our, our baths and our sinks. Including yeah. the shallow. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, like the, yeah. so the intention is that they're going to rewild and... Uh, uh, Part of Borden Mall's remit is to actually make a tourist attraction out of the bogs. Now, I think if they should do is bring a few Americans out and teach them how to foot turf for a while, that'd, that'd learn them. <laughs> <laughs> they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have as much nostalgia as you then, John. Yeah, they would not. Also, the ecological part in terms of the carbon lock, you know, yeah, you're, going yeah. to have, you're going to have a really kind of, a, a re, a, I suppose, a reimagining of the, our bogs as lungs to our, Absolutely, our, our yeah, beautiful yeah, globe. Yeah. Because our, the next phase of, of our development as, as human beings has to be bringing the earth with us instead of forgetting that the earth is the sacred thing which we all get life from. And as yeah. the great John O'Donoghue from West Clare, poet and writer, uh, would was wont to say quite regularly, remember the clay that you are made of and the clay that we know we're made of influences and shapes our understanding at a very genetic level and our perspective then uh, from a, a kind of sociological level and an emotional level so it's really important that we um, that we understand like when when we were in the first lockdown I'm I'm a sea woman I have to be I have to be near the sea 
or being in seawater is is hugely important for me all my life. Apparently, my mother said when I was one, I was taken to La Hinch and I never shut up screaming since. <laughs> she said that was the f- I was a very quiet child until I, I met the sea. That. But that first that first lockdown, I used to go to. Um, to uh, Ducey's in the morning early before work every and it was day. beautiful every day and then I would have a relationship with the lake I'm, I'm born at the lake I come from the lake but the lake is not my home and I would pretend with the lake that it was that I was in the hinch and then all I would do would I would use the bog behind me and the Atlantic sea pitch I was like you know thank you Seamus Heaney so I would I'd try and attune to the Atlantic sea pitch and bring it over and pretend that that was the sea because otherwise like a and not being able to move. I'm a McMahon. We must travel. Yes. <laughs> Listen, I, I just, one of the things I see, uh, and which, which is brilliant to see, is involvement of uh, students from Scarif Community College uh, in the project over the course of the next month. Yeah, they're going to have a story exchange, an intergenerational one, uh, where they're going to uh, talk to the older persons in East Clare and, and gather some stories of the bug, which will be great because... Um, We've all seen, like, I see Michelle McNamara Rogers, her mother over Cool Ray Bog, on her own, footing her own, turning and footing her own turf. So there's people out there with stories of the bog. And, and I spoke to her and, and photographed her one day and asked her why she did. She says, I just like coming because it, I'm able to work without thinking or, or be totally Very reflective. Good. Meditation. That's, that's what a lot yeah. of mm. that work is. It's reflective because repetitive and repetitive action and just leads you thinking things as well. I, I worked with uh, John Anglin and Bernadette Anglin, John Anglin and Lord Mercy on, has passed since and uh, they were footing their turf one day with their daughter-in-law and their granddaughter and the granddaughter, like every other child in the bog ever, was running around picking up frogs and, and picking flowers and all that but like, that's all part of the stories that are around the bog that maybe people haven't experienced that are, don't live in the countryside. So yes. this yeah. is all pro- potential yeah. for that, you know. In uh, in, in uh, some of the shots you brought in this morning, there's reference to drone. Mm. And it struck me, you're a man that grew up in the, in bordering... The in the middle of the airport. In the middle of the airport. And the old drones are beginning to appear... Uh, up there causing us an awful lot of trouble. There was a man in court yesterday for it. Absolutely. But you, on the other hand then, you turn the page and you've shown us landscape that drone has facilitated. So it's the two sides of of, of the coin, the the good and and the... Well, the drone gives you a different perspective, as I said earlier on, and that top-down images that I, I've printed out and will be on display in, in the library and the exhibition as well are, are just a selection of what I shot over the couple of years I was I was doing this photo essay in the bog. I think they're, they're a prime example of, of the good that a drone does mm. and uh, the different images that a drone can give you as well and, and it takes away from the negative news that you're hearing about a drone stopping the airport working and all that and people being yeah. silly with yeah. it. Yeah. I think there's 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 art in this and I'm delighted this is my first art exhibition and it features drone photography and drone videos as well. Because yeah, it's it's Very. a perspective I always um uh term as kind of God's eye. You know, yes. if God was looking if God was looking down this is whatever he, God is, this is the way he'd see it. This is the <laughs> way he'd see us. He'd see our beauty. Like he'd yeah. see the, the patterns that we can't see ourselves on the ground, you know. Yeah. And that allows us to kind of reflect that back to ourselves. Yeah. You know? Listen, as we come to the end, remind us of 
when it's on, when it's launching, etc. It's launching next Thursday at 6pm in Scarf Library, the 16th of February, and it's running until the 16th of March. Uh, as we said, Eamon Kelly, uh, former archaeologist for the National Museum, will be there to launch it. Uh, Ian, Natalie and Shane will be there uh, present as well. And I believe there's a report from Scarf Bakery Radio really going to be there to record proceedings. There will well. be a team from a Scarf team. A team <laughs> from and, Scarf And Bakery. Owen and I will be there in spirit. In yeah. spirit. And I'd, I'd love to be there because, as I said, it's the first exhibition and it's a pity I can't be there for the launch. But I'll be there attending several occasions during the next month when it's on. So if people have questions, want to talk about the video or about the prints around that, they can talk to me then, you know. Okay. It's a great, great privilege, though, to it be is. able to And I'm delighted that Ian asked me. Absolutely. It's a treat. And yeah. he said, why wouldn't we ask you because your stuff is beautiful? I said, that's great. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. As is theirs. Well, we, we're certainly looking forward to yeah. it. So we'll, we'll be there, please God, on Thursday. Without yourselves, but uh, we'll, we'll chat again. We'll, and, be, uh, we'll be there in spirit. Exactly. Yeah. Listen, if anyone wants to comment or whatever, uh, our phone number here, you can text or WhatsApp 89 Would you give that that's, again, Jim? I would, of course, John. That's 89 258 if it's about uh, the bogs or the exhibition or anything uh, that you care to mention. Uh, Ruth and Owen, many thanks for joining us this morning and hopefully the exhibition will be a great success. I've no doubt it will. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody.